So last year, as I mentioned, we talked about the six different reasons why restaurant employees quit. And I'm going to go over them really quick. One was external factors. External factors are factors that are not in our control, such as folks move, they graduate, uh, they no longer are interested. It's not because that you're a bad leader or you're a bad manager. It's just these are factors that you and I cannot control. It could be a health problem, right? Some of these issues, poor compensations and benefits. Uh, maybe they found uh, another place that pays them more. It could be 50 cents that they quit from your establishment and they go somewhere else, right? That could be very well one of the reasons they quit. The schedule, right? The hours they're getting, they're not very happy with that. Maybe the number of hours they're getting too many, too little. The times and the days of the schedule that they work, there are too many evening closing times, too many weekends, too many early mornings, right? The other one is conflict with a team member or a manager. If they're not necessarily getting along with one of your managers or with their other team, they feel like they don't fit in necessarily. That could be another reason that they get to quit. Career advancement, which is a challenge you and I have in this business, right? It's a challenge we have because we, we're we not like Chick-fil-A or Starbucks that we can be like, you can grow. I mean, it depends on uh, your restaurant, right? Maybe you're not able to offer those, hey, you can become a district manager one day. You could run your own store one day, right? If you cannot make those promises, that becomes a challenge where somebody feels that they're stagnant in the current job that they're in and they see no career advancement opportunities. The other one is that they do not feel valued and appreciated. This is a very big one, as you know. Um, there are a lot of statistics out there that a lot of employees in the workforce as a whole do not feel valued and appreciated. By that, we've done a poor job at communicating the fact that we value our people. At the end of the day, they're our greatest asset. If you don't have people, uh, you have no restaurant. You, you know that, right? The quality of our people directly affects the quality of service we can provide to our customers and the quality of our life, right? If you have good people, responsible, they have integrity that are running your store, you could uh, be more at home, spending more time with your family and work on your business instead of working in your business, right? This is um, just a very quick overview of what we talked about last week. I'm going to again have um, the link to last week's show so you can see more about that, all of these details if you want to find out more of how this happened. So the one thing that can reduce your turnover rate and increase your retention rate is what we're talking about today. All right. So this is me and my husband. Uh, we are actually restaurant owners. We own a couple restaurants in the San Antonio area. Uh, we love helping fellow restaurant owners crush it in this business. And that is why we are uh, here chatting here and making dough show. If this is your first time, be sure to subscribe. You can find us on YouTube and on all podcast platforms. Obviously, we have a lot of free resources on our website as well for you to help you grow your sales and make some profit, make some dough. And we as well have an agency, Making Dough Agency, where we help uh, restaurant owners with their text messaging service. If you've never tried text messaging to uh, market your restaurant and be in touch with your customers on a weekly basis in a very affordable way, we'll be happy to help you out. This we have done for the last five years. We've over tripled our sales in the last five years with zero prior restaurant experience. Um, if you want to learn more, be sure to go to our website, uh, www.makingdoughshow.com. Go to the agency side, read, study. If there's any way we can help you out, just uh, reach out and we'll be happy to work with you and even have you started for free. 
and you can see if it's good for you or not. All right, talk about Pulse Meeting. Pulse Meeting has been our uh, top strategy when it comes to uh, increasing retention. Okay, you're like, what on earth is Pulse Meeting? You're familiar with doctors checking pulses of patients, right? I wanted to tell you, I'm going to go over a lot of things in this show, particularly a lot of different questions of different categories that we ask our people. If you are interested, please see down below. I'm going to have a PDF for you so you can simply print it out and make it your own. By that, I mean, adjust the questions, add more questions to it and what have you, where you're able to create your own, for your own restaurants, pulse meeting that would serve you. All right. So let's talk about it. What on earth is a pulse meeting and where is it coming from? So pulse meeting is a terminology that um, is from project management. Uh, my husband and I background is in engineering. And so we've been in a lot of kind of project management, things like that. We're a little bit familiar with, and that's where we heard that terminology. So ultimately pulse meetings are very short team status meetings where the project management team is able to gather project performance information about the activities that are underway, right? So you're going to have, for instance, a team that is working on a bridge project that is due maybe in 2020, they're going to have scheduled pulse meetings and, um, uh, milestones that they've, they've set to meet that goal on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, and even on a daily basis. So within a year, they're where they need to be. So some of these are called uh, pulse meetings. Let's talk about three benefits of conducting pulse meetings at your restaurant. The first benefit is the ability to be able to build report. Let's talk about it. It is critical that you and I constantly utilize every vehicle we can to build a deeper relationship with our people. So one of the things that happens is a big challenge in the restaurant business is that we cannot on the clock just go in and spend hours chatting and befriending people. Oh, like, you know, a lot of office jobs, right? They have, they drink coffee at 10 a.m. Uh, and they get to know one another, right? We don't have that privilege you know, because people are on the clock and we don't want them to be fooling around. And in fact, if you lead and create a culture where folks on the clock just stand around and talk too much, it'll not be healthy, especially for your labor percentage. So it is important. And actually pulse meetings is a great way for you to still um, systematically create these pockets of time that are very focused and concise where you're able to utilize those times to build relationships with your people and get to know them and also give them an opportunity to get to know you where you're uh, actually so ultimately you're checking in to make sure that the team member is doing well so you have a healthy relationship are they thinking about quitting are they disengaged right a lot of times when you talk to your team member you get them privately in the office or in the dining room, you can ask specific questions and gather intel, which is what we're doing, right? We're gathering specific intel. If you do not ask specific questions, you will not get specific answers. So ultimately, so how are you doing? Are you happy working here? And you know, we're not asking the right questions. So they're not, you know, one of the purpose of the Pulse meeting is to ask specific questions. One of the uh, statistics, statistics came out saying that they're like 70% of employees in the U.S. are disengaged. And a disengaged employee means somebody who really 
does not care anymore about the success of the team, success of the restaurant. They just don't care. You know exactly what I mean. So one of the challenges that happens is you always have a couple of bad apples out of every 10 employees you have. You may have eight players that are three or four of them are eight players. You have four or five of them that are kind of in the middle range and you're still going to have three to four people that are disengaged. It is critical for you to identify those individuals as soon as you can work on re-engaging them back, re-kindle uh, that relationship that you had. I have no idea if that's a proper word for that. You know what I mean? But understanding where they're from, you know, figure out how you can help them, right? And identify if they're thinking of quitting. Um, and again, obviously, if they're disengaged, if they're not the best employee, we're not talking about that. But we want to know if there is any opportunity here that we dishonor the employee, that we did not understand their needs. And there is a way for us to um, actually, again, re-engage them back. So let's talk about seven very quick tips on how you can run an effective pulse meeting. All right. So first, it you need to keep it concise, five to 10 minutes. Again, I love talking to our people because I want to get to know them. I want to know what's going on in here. Are they equipped to do the job that we're setting them uh, to do? Particularly, it's very important to me that I know what support we need to provide, what is the trainings we need to provide for them, what's next, career advancement. I want to know how they're doing in school, how are they doing with their families. But if you have this call and talking um, in the hallway or in the kitchen, why am I telling you this? We had this problem for years, right? We had a great manager who was great at talking to people, but we just stand around talking. High labor, people can get off the clock and talk, right? So it is important that these pulse meetings, I'm not trying to add to your labor. It needs to be purposeful time. So it needs to be in a semi-private place where the other party feels comfortable sharing with you private things, right? Once or twice a month per team member and as you sense tension or disengagement. You may have it on a weekly basis with this person or whatever it is, or when there, an issue occurs, you check in with them. The next day you want to check in with them and stuff. So ultimately this is this ongoing thing that we do. It's important to be purposeful, communicate the vision and the purpose of the meeting. Every single meeting I go into with our people, I first, they're freaking out why they're meeting with me, right? Why is Hangum here talking to me, right? They're going to think, well, what did I do wrong? That's probably the first thing they think about. So I'm going to put them at ease and tell them the purpose of the meeting. Hey, John, the purpose, I'm like, hey, John, the reason I'm meeting with you right now is because I simply want to check in and see how things are going. Last time I spoke with you, we just, you know, we agreed on these things and you needed training on these areas and blah, blah, blah. First off, tell me how our school going. I know that you had taken that class, whatever. So I ask specific questions, but in the beginning, you want to lay the foundation of why is it that you're having this conversation before your team member freaks out? You know what I mean? All right. The other one is, again, as I mentioned, you need to be asking specific questions to get specific answers. So I feel like that's critical and that's why I am um, talking about it. It needs to be formal, but casual. You don't want it to be looking like this evaluation, very formal thing. However, and you want it to be casual, but also it's not really just chatting standing chatting but rather if you go into the dining room and a section of the dining room have a pen and paper it looks a lot more formal and yet it's not like overly formal so you want to keep it casual especially with the way you run it make sure you smile a lot document and log the details that you're learning from this team member so you can refer to uh, it later it is critical for you to do that 
Okay, so, all right, great. So we understood the benefits of conducting these pulse meetings and how to do them in terms of some of the tips to make a meeting to be effective in terms of you checking in with a team member, gathering specific intel. We still have not addressed how on earth conducting daily pulse meetings with your team is going to increase retention, right? I hope that you're puzzled by that and you're like, how, how are these two related at all, right? So let's talk about it. So I'm going to go over um, different reasons why people quit that we shared in the last show. I'm going to go over them in detail and what's going to be the intel we're going to gather in during our pulse meeting. This is going to be really tactical. I wanted to be practical. There's no point in just sharing ideas if we're not going to put them into practice and make some dope people. All right. So let's talk about external factors. So when you are having these pulse meetings, one of the things you want to find out is that are you, you want to see if the team member is foreseeing if there are any other factors, external factors that may interfere with whether it's their performance or the fact that they're going to stay with your company or not, right? Are there any possible changes happening in the team member's life? That's why it's important for you to know, you know, do they live with their parents? Do they have a wife? Do they have kids? Tell me more about it. Which school do they go to? How's your wife doing, right? You want to spend all the time, a few minutes gathering intel about what's going on in their personal life. If they're in college, ask them, hey, so what are your plans after graduation? You ask that question sometimes in January, February, when graduation is in May. So that gives you an idea. They're like, well, actually, I'm probably going to do an internship, right? You're already going to know that, oh, they're going to be quitting most likely mid-May, right? And that's okay. So you have time to prepare and have a contingency plan for when they quit, you already have someone else that is trained and is equipped to take on that position. So operations is not affected. Another uh, thing that happens is, for instance, if they're in school, again, you need to know like how many credits are, are you taking in school? How are your classes going? Tell me about your grades. Ask specific questions. Oh, I'm doing good. So what, what are the, some of the grades you're taking? Did you have a midterm yet? Tell me about the score you're getting. That will give you so much insight. They're going to complain that all oh, their hate their calculus class and whatever. You are gathering intel to figure out um, if they do continue not to do well in school is if they're going to drop work or they're going to reduce their hours. You, you kind of see this pattern happening, you know, why am I telling you this? This has happened to us all the time that suddenly their grades go down, um, whether they're in college or they're in high school, parents are like, that's it. You're out on a Wednesday. They just quit on the day because the parents just, I'm taking your car away. I'm taking your phone away because you know, your grades are down and there it went. So ask them how their school is going. For instance, we've hired a lot of uh, high schoolers who are in football or some sport. You know, they're in band, right? So you, if football season's, for instance, coming up, you ask them, hey, John, is there any upcoming changes happening? And you're like, like for instance, well, that was with the thing. You're like, hey, John, is there any upcoming changes happening in your personal life that may affect the times and the hours you work that I need to be aware of? That's the question you ask them to figure out if there are any external factors, right? So if there's something with the football season, you can always also ask, hey, what are your schedule going to look like in the football season? Again, you ask it a month ahead of time because you're, you have the pulse on your team. You know what they're up to. You know what they're into. 
right? They're into the band thing. So are, are they going to be into traveling? Are the traveling usually over the weekend? Do you have your schedule you can submit ahead of time so I can kind of see what's going on, right? So another thing you want to look for in terms of external factors is that if your team member is involved in any extracurricular activities such as football or they're in band or something like that, and you know football season's coming up, right? You, you can see what's coming ahead and you always need to have your pulse uh, in, in what's coming in the next two to three months as the leader of the restaurant, whether it's your marketing, you need to be having your pulse on what's going on in the next three months and have your promotions laid out. Same as when it comes to your people. If the football season's coming up, you're going to ask them, Hey, John, I know that, you know, you're in football or I know you're in band. Do you know, you know, what your schedule is going to look like or how's your hours going to be affected, you know, during the football season? Oh, I don't know. Uh, right. Hey, I really would like to know. So whenever you, as soon as you get it, would you let me know? And you need to follow up the following week or whatever. Have you gotten your schedule yet? If it matters to you, you follow up till you get it. They're going to forget because they don't care about it as much. You're trying to foresee what problems are going to be coming ahead and planning for it. They're just trying to go to football and do their life, right? You have bigger responsibilities to your team and to your customers. There's kind of a different situation here. I wanted to give you two questions that, again, I'm going to include in the PDF uh, that you can download below is this two questions that are very valuable whenever you want to identify if there are any external factors maybe happening or coming down the pipe that you are able to make the team member aware that it matters to you and you would like to know if you don't show your interest they're not going to know you're interested in knowing what's going on in their life right and you know why you care because you need your responsibilities to make sure the team succeeds and wins the championship, right? So two questions that you can always ask is, Hey, John, Hey, Susan, is there any upcoming changes happening in your personal life that may or may not affect the times and your hours that you work that, uh, here at, you know, here at a restaurant that I need to be aware of, ask that question and pause. Then they're going to tell you, well, actually I was thinking in the spring that I want to sign up for theater, or I was thinking about that. I want to do this. I'm getting a second job. You know, that's when you're hearing, hearing from them, right? And I, is there any upcoming changes happening that I need to be aware of that may affect your hours? That's the question. Number one, they may be like, no, I, I don't think so. Right. They may tell you that. So you need to follow up with a second question. And your second question is going like this. Hey, Listen, if, if anything comes up, if, if, you know, I don't know if your schedule may change or anything like that, would you come to me directly and let me know? So that way I'm aware of it. Even if it's three months out, I don't, you know, if maybe a job opportunity comes up for you, your family's moving or anything like that. Even if it's three months out or six months, I don't care. Would you come to me directly and let me know? I simply would like to make sure the team's taken care of, right? So that way, if they're like, for instance, they know they're graduating and they're going to be getting an internship and leave. They don't know that you care about that. They don't, you know, they want to give you, give you the two weeks thing. Right. But you are making uh, sure that they're aware that you would like to know if anything's coming down the pipe that you want to know about it. Right. These are two questions that I think are very valuable. Poor compensation. One of the challenges we talked about is poor compensation. So how is it that if you uh, conduct these pulse meetings on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and ask some very specific questions, you're able to identify if this team member is satisfied or unsatisfied with their current 
compensation and benefits, right? Let's talk about it. So find out the level of dissatisfaction they have that this timber has when it comes to their current compensation. So you ask them questions like this. Hey, John, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you with your hourly rate? Hey man, just be honest. Just let me know. I want to know. I want to know if we can take care of you better. Just let me know, right? Ask that question on a scale of one to 10. Well, I'm pretty happy. Tell me on a scale of one to 10. So you're able to see where they're at. Ask them what would be a fair. Okay. So for instance, they're like, oh, it's actually a six. Then you need to follow up with another question. Well, you know, what would be a fair compensation or hourly rate for you? Tell me about it, right? They're going to be like, well, actually, I should be compensating $10 an hour, right? You're like, you know, I would love to be able to compensate you $10 an hour. So let's talk about it. Let's come up with a plan and a timeline where we're going to get you there. They're like, okay, what do you mean by that? So you're able to say, listen, currently, uh, Susan is making $10 an hour and Susan is able to work the app station and the pizza station and is able to do the schedule. Hypothetically, you currently only work the pizza station and that's why you're making eight bucks an hour. So I agree. You want to make 10 bucks an hour. Fantastic. I want you to make 10 bucks an hour. So how are we going to uh, make this work in that uh, we're able to um, get you there? Are you able to come in this Saturday to get some training on the app station, for instance, right? And the next four weeks, are you cool with if we have you come an hour extra and learn the app station so maybe you can run it on these days and blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? So you are able to open the door with that pulse meeting. You understood that person is at a six. They're not happy currently. They're not fully satisfied with their compensation. If we keep going and not identify this problem, this, this little problem will turn into a disease and they're going to quit, right? And so doing this pulse meeting, asking these specific questions about compensation, we were able to identify, oh wait, they're at a six and how am I going to get them to an eight? And they're able to understand that there is a path forward. If you want to get to $10 an hour, these are the things you need to do. So let's work together and make it happen. Right? So about benefits is another thing is for instance, even Starbucks, it seems like they give even Spotify membership, which I heard about at you know, so some of the benefits is like on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you with the benefits or the employee discounts you get or whatever? Maybe they're like, well, I wish we, our whole family could get an employee discount. Right. And you're like, well, I really wish we could give, um, all of our team members, families, employee discount. However, we won't be able to maybe do it all week. Maybe Mondays, five to 8 PM. We can do that. What do you think? Right. So you're able to get the feedback. Always be quick to not be saying no. When they're asking you for something, say, we can't do that, but we can do this, right? Always negotiating, right? Talk about the schedule. One of the things, the problem is, is the schedule. They gradually get unhappy about the hours they're getting. Not enough, too many, right? And this changes. In the last show, I talked about it. They may tell you, I want to work 40 hours a week. Then they're also studying full-time, they get burnt out and they're like, well, that's too many hours for me. So this is an ongoing thing. They will change their mind based on what's going on in their life. And you need to be aware of that. So some of the questions during your pulse meeting that where you're able to identify if there is any dissatisfaction with the schedule, these are a couple questions you can ask. Hey, on a scale of one to 10, John, how happy are you with the days and the hours that you're currently working? Right. The second question is, for instance, do you want more hours? 
tell me more about it. like yeah actually i would like more hours or I'm, I'm working too many hours right now okay tell me more about it well right now i'm working on my finals or i'm working on this other thing and blah 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 and i'm not able to work at this minute you know it's not going to be a one-way thing and it's a lot of negotiation and going back and forth so maybe they're like well actually I'm, i don't want to be working every weekend friday saturday and sunday i understand johnny i understand you want your weekend sounds good how if we sit with Oscar, who's another team member, um, and figure out if he can all, you know, you, we can alternate one week. You work Saturday and Friday night, one week he works Saturday and Friday night. How about that? Right? So this is not just a one way thing. So you check in the pulse and coming up with a game plan, like a good doctor. So as always, if for instance, someone may be like, I want to work 40 hours and they do not have the skill set to work 40 hours. You don't have that many hours to give to this person because they're not able to handle as many things. So that also gives you an opportunity. Well, actually I'm, I'm, I'm at a six and the hour, number of hours I get. Tell me more about it, Johnny. Well, I really need 40 hours to be able to pay my rent and cars and blah, blah, blah. Great, so here's what's going on, Johnny. I wanna give you 40 hours. However, you only are able to run the app station, for instance, and in the afternoon, I need to have two people on the clock. However, if you're able to handle both stations, I'm gonna need one cook between two to four, and so I'd be happy to give you those hours and maybe even a raise, right? If a increase in the skill set is required, communicate it and come up with a game plan, right? You wanna always find out how are you gonna work with the team to come up with a win-win plan. They understand it's not just about them and it's not just about you, is a win-win situation here. Conflict with team members and managers. Conducting regular pulse meetings, you're able to identify what's going on between your team members. No, you know, people may not feel comfortable coming to you with some of the issues that are going on. And if you do not identify these issues, particularly within the team, this could go south very, very fast. So let's talk about this. Identify if there has been any tension and conflict between team members. Has the expectation been clearly laid out of, for instance, they're like, well, the manager tells me this, I wanted to do that. I thought I, my role was this. There's a lot of these um, miscommunication issues that may happen where the expectations may not be clearly laid out. How are we going to identify those is conducting these pulse meetings and asking specific questions, right? So as I'm going through these different issues, you're like, hey, we went over the external things, right? Are there any upcoming thing changes happening in your life that we need to be aware of, you know, blah, blah, blah. How about the schedule? How happy are you with the schedule? No, that's not an issue, right? They're like, oh, I'm at a nine. Great. Well, how about this? You know, your compensation on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you with your hourly rate? I'm actually pretty happy right now. Maybe they just got a raise recently, right? So you're moving on these different issues to identify where there is an area that you need to work on with this team member. So asking some very specific questions here is also going to be very helpful. Let's go over a few questions. Hey, John, on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about your team? That's a good question, right? Um, it's you want them to tell you a specific number and always want tell me more about it what's going on specifically, right? So what do you like about your team or the people you work with? And you ask that question and you wait and you listen. What's the one thing you change about how you get along with your team? Like, you know, what's the one thing you would like to change in, in the way that the team is working together? Another question is, on a scale of one to 10, how fairly do you believe you're being treated at work? That's a very good question. Right. On a scale of one to 10, how happy are you with your manager is, is another one. 
These are hard questions to ask and certainly hard questions to answer. So if we do not make the time and identify some of these issues, um, honestly, that's one of the reasons people quit because they don't feel heard. Some of these issues come up and they go on for months before you and I identify it and issues come to me. I'm like, why am I hearing this about now? When did this happen? Oh, three months ago, so-and-so I had this argument with this person and that. I'm like, why am I hearing about this now? Like months later, you know, I don't recommend being in that position. So the importance of conducting these pulse meetings on a weekly basis, maybe you focus on a particular area of working with this team member, right? Um, so next thing is career advancement. Advancement is this person feels a little bit stagnant, right? You want to find out what their ambition is or their future desire and how can you help them get there? That is what a good leader does. And obviously, um, we want to find out what their ambition is. What do they want to be doing in, in our company in the next year, in the next two years, in the next three years? How are we going to find out? By asking specific question. Hey, Johnny, where do you see yourself in the next year? Well, I would like to become a manager. Great. What? Front of the house manager, kitchen house manager. What do you, what do you need to learn to get there? Let's get you there. Where, what's the timeline? Well, in the next year. Great. So I really think these are the areas you need to work on. If you don't ask specific questions, friend, we're not going to get some specific answers. Next, let's talk about some of these other questions. John, be honest with me. On a scale of one to 10, how bored do you feel on the job? Sometimes you ask that question because you see a team member that have lost their level of excellence and diligence that they bring to the work. You realize they're not as, as detail oriented anymore because they're a little bit bored. They're disengaged, right? So these are some of the questions you ask them to identify the problem. You're checking the pulse, right? What specific things would you like to learn next, John? I know that you, you know, you know, the app station, you know, this, tell me more. What about, what, what would you like to learn? Right? Maybe they'd be like, you know, actually, I'm working on my business degree, so I would love to learn some of the finances and um, how do we submit sales tax or I don't you know what I'm saying. I would love to learn some of the marketing. I would love to be part of our content creation. I would like to attend some of the network meetings you attend. You won't know if you don't ask, right? On a scale of 1 to 10, how equipped do you feel about what is expected of you and your role at, at work? This is a great question. I love asking this question. Because that tells me, especially if I'm seeing somebody's not doing very well, that's the first thing I want to figure out. How equipped do you feel? Have we equipped you? Because that is our job first. And that's when they're like, you know, actually, I, um, I, I don't feel very comfortable when it comes to, you know, working on the POS system. You know, again, on a scale of one to 10, tell me specifically what it is. They're like, actually, I'm at a, at a five. Great. And so when somebody's not comfortable in the POS, the next thing I always ask them, so on a scale of one to 10, how comfortable are you with our menu? Oh, I'm at a nine. And I usually ask, okay, so what's in our antipasto salad? Or I ask them a couple questions to, to figure out where they're at really. You know what I mean? Just because somebody says I'm at a 10 doesn't mean necessarily they're at a 10. You need to verify all of those things and you need to have quizzes and checklists and things, but that's for another day. What are three areas you'd like to improve in the next three months? Whenever you meet with your manager in particular, people who want to become in a leadership position and they've worked at a job and they've done a certain activity over and over and over, this is a great question. Tell me, what are three things you want to learn? What are three areas you want to improve in the next three months so I can help you get there? Do you know how your team member is going to feel so valued that you care about their advancement and what they're learning and their growth? 
right? I mean, I wish I had a manager like that myself, right? What kind of support do you need from me to make this happen? It's, it's, you don't want to be the one who has all the answers. It doesn't matter if you have the answers or you don't have the answers. It is important to ask those questions and have them lead how they want to be supported and you provide that support because that's what's going to be effective. I wish it wasn't, but that's what's effective. So whenever people tell me, oh, I wish this, I wish that, I ask them specifically, all right, tell me two different things that I can do to support you to achieve it in the next month, right? And then we come up with a game plan to put these into practice. Last but not least, that they do not feel valued and appreciated. So one of the things that happens, oh my goodness, this is a huge one. One of the reasons that people quit is because they don't feel valued and appreciated. It is our job to figure out how can we convey, how can we help them understand that we do value them. I know you value your people. I know you know that it's impossible to run your operations without them. But if they don't feel valued and they don't feel appreciated, all of your appreciation means nothing. Great. So what are we going to do about that? So here's what you ask them. John, on a scale of 1 to 10, just be honest with me. I want to figure out how we're going to serve you better. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how valued do you feel at work? And you just listen. All right, tell me how can I uh, show our appreciation to you? What would make you feel uh, appreciated? I know that you received a bonus last month, for instance, right? Oh, I know that you got this. I know you got that or whatever. I know that I sent a thank you card to you. I know I got you a present on your birthday. However, I really want to know what will make you feel valued and appreciated so I can serve you specifically in that way. So that is a uh, great way, again, run these pulse meeting, ask this, your pulse meeting is going to be focused on finding out how are you specifically going to come up with a game plan to va- show that you value this person, right? You want to, especially your A players, this is some of the things, some of the conversations you must have with them. Another question that would be very insightful to ask your team member is, hey, John, when was the last time one of our managers managers thank you for your good work that's a hard question to ask you're like well actually i don't remember the last time so you need to apologize i'm sorry we've not made the time to do that if you value your people and you don't want them to quit you 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 need to go the extra mile friend and i know you're busy and i know no one wants to do this and i know these are very hard conversations to have but that is what it takes to lead a team and keep our people. So you need to be willing to do what it takes and especially having these hard conversations, right? Last but not least, I wanna talk to you about identifying their love language. So let's talk about it. There is a very um, famous book. I wanted to see if I go on, okay. There is a very famous book. I'm gonna touch base with you on this real quick. It's called The Five Love Languages. So the five love languages are, the concept is that each person receives uh, love or feels loved and appreciated in different ways. And if we do not serve them in specific ways where they feel valued and appreciated or loved, they will not receive it. So for instance, you may have a couple where the wife would love to receive gifts and that is a way that they feel appreciated. Their love language is not words of affirmation. So the husband keeps telling the wife, I love you and you're the best and blah, 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 and all of the 
nice words and things. The wife does not feel loved because their love language is gifts, receiving gifts, right? So there are five languages based on this very famous book. You should definitely get it. It, it serves you well. Uh, that are, let's see, uh, words of affirmation, nice words that you you tell the other person, gifts, uh, physical touch. And I'm going to go over how that looks in the workplace because, you know, we don't want to go there. Uh, physical touch, as I mentioned. Uh, the other one is quality time and acts of service. So these are the five love languages that every person has and depending on which one they have, right? There is a quiz you can take to figure out which you are in. So the gentleman who is the author of that book, he also has a book, which is the five languages of appreciation at work, where he goes over these five things that I mentioned and how it looks like in the workplace. I'm gonna clarify the physical touch is more like a high five or some people like to hug, you know what I'm talking about, as you see appropriate. Quality time is they value you sitting with them, asking them these questions and getting to know them and things like that. That is quality time that you're able to spend time with them. Some people, that means nothing to them. Uh, some people would love verbally to be acknowledged. John, I am so impressed with how you handle the rush. The ticket times were this and you led your team. You know, you did not look stressed at all. I know you were stressed, but, the, you know, you held your own. You controlled your emotions, blah, 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 all of that. You acknowledging them verbally would mean the world to them. Or it means nothing to them because if their love language is a gift, they want a bonus. They want money. They want a gift. They want a gift card, right? So acts of services, um, when, for instance, a dishwasher and they're working really hard and you want to thank them for a Friday night and they're, they're hustled really hard, you want to go there and not only verbally tell them, maybe pat them on the back, hey man, John, great job, so impressed, blah, 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 blah. And maybe you remove some of the dishes out of their way or just help them, even if it's just a few minutes, if their uh, love language or language of appreciation at work is acts of service they value the fact that you help them not only just come in and just do a lip service thing and step out of the kitchen but rather you help them you engage and work with them a little bit help them whatever it is that they're working on and you step out maybe out of the kitchen but they value that that is the five love languages why am i going over this and again we could talk all day about this is because it matters. It matters for you to make the time, maybe do the quiz, at least your eight players, your managers, you need to know what, how can you make them feel valued and appreciated? And you can be way more effective if you know specifically what their language, love language is. For instance, I know that our manager likes words of affirmation. It doesn't matter, I give him a bonus. It doesn't matter whatever it is. He wants me one-on-one -on -one to acknowledge him and point out things that I was impressed with him and this, that is his love language. That's how he feels appreciated. So me as a leader, it, why wouldn't I do that? I need to honor him. I need to, if he's done a good job, I need to, to do that. I need to make the time to do that. So that is our role, right? So that is what was with identifying their love language. You can check out their, the books that I mentioned on Amazon, grab it, make it work and uh, put it into practice. I went through a lot of different questions. If you would like to get that PD, get your hands on that PDF where I'm going to go over different, the six ways that reasons why people quit and all of the possible questions that you can ask during your pulse meetings to identify if that is somewhat of an issue as a source of dissatisfaction that may lead to this person quitting at some point. That's the purpose, right? So you identify that and you're able to come up with a game plan. So that's that. Grab that PDF. 
And I wanted to ask you this question, obviously, like um, I would love to hear from you. You can, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below and let me know. If you're on the podcast, you can just uh, send us an email or come to our website, scroll down and there is a form you can submit. What is the main reason you would say that you've lost people in the last three months? Again, I know this is a really hard conversation. Are there external factors? Do you think it's the schedule? Is it, you know, so you may be like, well, actually, I'm not, I'm not even sure why people quit. I, I don't know, like, right, you're able to say, actually, some of them are this, some of them in this, some of them this. So if you don't fully know why people have been quitting, then here's the thing. Are you asking folks specifically why they're quitting during an exit interview? Are you even conducting an ex exit interview or not? Again, I know it's so hard and unpleasant to conduct these uh, exit interviews and it's time consuming. You're like, this person quit, you know, I don't want to see him, blah, blah, blah. I totally get it, friend. But if you're not conducting these exit interviews, you're got, not going to know what the problem is. So you can come up with a solution to increase your retention. The reason you have retention issues is because you got work to do. It's hard work. Sometimes we're like, I'd rather wash dishes than to do the work myself. But listen, if you do the groundwork and set these systems in place and conduct these pulse meetings, and serve your team well, you can have freedom, right? I'm, I'm telling you, we usually don't work operations as in maybe a couple hours every three months. We don't go to our restaurant to work. We go to meet with people. That's, that's what we get to do. And I'd rather always do that. So what's the one thing that you can do is the question I have for you, friend. We got to make some dough around here, right? We got to solve our problems. So what's the one thing you can do out of all this shenanigan talks I did share with you all these questions and stuff that you can do to increase your retention based on what we talked about. I would love to hear about it. Tell me, what are you going to commit to do doing? Grab that PDF, put it in the practice, make some dough people, right? I would love to hear from you. If this show was helpful, do you have any other questions you would like me to go deeper in different areas? Let me know. I would love to hear from you friend. All right. So subscribe to the show, not to miss it. Email me at any time at making show at gmail.com as well. All the links, all the resources are down in the show notes in the description. Go grab them, uh, put them in the practice and make some dough. Bye.